my goodness. You could hear it turn on. We're here. You heard it go. That's <laughs> like when I wake up in the morning. I'm like. <laughs> Not really. It's more like. like you're a robot? It's a little. You know, maybe. No rise the robot. Maybe. Fitness machine. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Oh, speaking of fitness. Very special podcast episode on this day. Powerlifting meet sort of intra family powerlifting meet wrap up 2020. A lot of excitement. Do you want to give a recap because you saw all of it? So why don't you give us a quick recap of the best parts and uh, most terrifying parts? <laughs> uh, so Friday, you guys benched and then deadlift, uh, PRs across the board. For all of you, both of you both on of, both, both of us. you on all lifts. That's where I was headed with that. Um, I don't know. I think exciting part. I don't know that I could narrow down like the best part. I think it was just fun to watch um, all three lifts and the effort that it took to get to those lifts. Um, obviously, it's it's scary when anybody goes for. <laughs> A, a PR goes for a, a full max effort in a lift because you worry about positioning and whether or not, you know, somebody could potentially get hurt. Um, but I think both of you are good enough movers to where you know better to where if that were going to be an issue, you would stop. You wouldn't push yourself to that limit. So. Yeah. Fun times. It was fun. Yeah. Ryan, what was your favorite part? Um, like of myself or the whole thing? The whole thing. Both. Um, Both. I think my favorite part was uh, squatting 405 just because that's been like something I've wanted to do for a while. That's a pretty big like landmark. Um, and that kind of stood out the most for me because uh, deadlifting like doesn't, I mean, it wasn't like a big PR and like the next like kind of landmark thing would be 500 for me. And that's still a long way off. And, but 485 wasn't that far from being off. Yeah. So, true. um, and benching, I don't really, it's not that I don't care that much, but I also rare, don't do it that often. So I was just going to take whatever I got Yeah. and squatting is what I like to do most and kind of what I'm probably the best out in terms of people my age, people my size. Um, so that's just fun. Yeah. So uh, just segue, why don't we give people a sense of your size? So assuming they haven't been following on Instagram and seen like the tail of the tape, uh, why don't you give them a little bit of frame of reference for weight? Because obviously powerlifting and, and Olympic weightlifting are interesting because you can put up some big numbers, but if you're a big person, it's maybe somewhat less impressive. Yeah, um, 18 years old five five and five six maybe maybe like five five and a half five six on a great day and uh 165. all right so 165 squat 405 bench uh 240 deadlift 470. yes nice okay well there you go and clean a lot more than you (laughs) significantly more 100 pounds more maybe okay maybe so Ryan, what was your favorite part? Uh, you know, it's it's fun to test yourself, and uh, there's a point 
like it was this morning a little bit and certainly friday morning where you're just maybe a little nervous and you're like more aware of everything just because you want everything to try to be optimized so that's a cool moment even though it's like actually a little bit unpleasant in in the moment um and it's fun to pr it's fun to to see the the product of your your work um towards a certain goal or a set of goals come to fruition for me it's very interesting because i i very much enjoy the process of working through cycles so it's super fun to pr but i i don't think of it as like i put in this hard work like i just i really enjoy exercise so i don't look at it as 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 sort of grinding away at something it's just the fun of chasing something down and just see what happens and certainly very pleased that both of us came out of it you know without any mishaps or injuries or anything like that it's something you accept that any time you're going to try to max you know express something maximally you put yourself you know at a little bit of injury risk so we tried to obviously minimize that um with some protective stuff especially with squatting um but also you can minimize it yourself by just understanding sort of where you are relative to your max effort and knowing when it's time to probably go ahead and take another one and, and maybe when it's time to be happy with what you have and, and move on and get ready for the next time. For sure. So let's talk about uh, your training up to this point and why this became a thing for you over the weekend. Uh, yes. Well, I think we actually are, we're very similar and we are doing a very similar thing over the past several months. Um, so what really uh, separated this cycle from previous strength-based cycles was that I was I was following an individualized program. Uh, whereas before I had done some things that were a little bit more like that, squat cycles, things like that, they were still within the general realm of group class and templated training. So this was very interesting uh, to, to have individualized programming and obviously extremely pleased with the results from that. So that was, that's a big thing, um, for both of us is that we were doing things specifically geared toward making us better at, at, you know, specifically at these three lips. So when it comes down to it, uh, what were the results that you saw? Like what was the difference in, in your totals and in, in the lifts? moving forward from today um so overall uh for me there's 55 pounds between my previous total and then now um and that was five pounds from deadlift uh like 35 i think on bench and then um 25 on squat um so that was kind of reflected on what I kind of took seriously within the cycle is um, I squatted, I took the squatting very seriously. And then I was just inherently benching more from the cycle because I didn't bench that much before. Um, and the deadlifts, obviously I took seriously, but there were some uh, deadlift days where I just didn't necessarily feel great and deadlifting heavy for me, like two to three times a week just isn't a smart choice. So I think that's kind of reflects on, I mean, you can't expect to PR by 50 pounds when you didn't necessarily do, um, or couldn't, wasn't, weren't capable of doing what was prescribed. 
Um, so yeah, I think 55 pounds overall is, I mean, good, happy with that. Yeah, you should be. Ryan? Uh, so in terms of overall total, I added 75 pounds. So roughly 25 in the bench press, so that was about 275 to 300. Um, 25 in deadlift, so 445 to 470. And then 25 in squat, so 340 to 365. And so, yeah, again, it's entirely based on the quality of the programming and having it individualized, particularly for my weak points. So I have weak points in all three of those lifts um, that I know what they are. So I, I tend to hinge forward a little bit with the squat. I tend to have trouble off the ground in the deadlift and my hips tend to shoot up. And then I tend to have mid-range trouble in bench pressing. So uh, doing work that specifically focused on those weak points based on the individualization of my program was very effective. So when I was looking to express that stuff maximally, I felt pretty confident uh, specifically in those areas. So yeah, definitely take it at 37 and, and probably somewhere in the intermediate to late intermediate range things gains, so to speak, whether uh, muscular or strength get harder and harder and harder to come by. So pretty pleased with that. And, you know, interested you, when you do things like this, you're always interested in what happens next. So it would be cool to deadlift, you know, at a, a similar, same weight, something like 500 pounds, push the squat up a little bit, push the bench up a little bit over time, but uh, excited for, for the next cycle and moving into a different phase as well. So as far as testing in the past, um, obviously bench deadlift back squat are not new lifts to you guys. You guys have been doing it for many years. Um, how does this cycle or how did this cycle change your outcome in the past? Like, were you able to PR by such a significant amount in, in the totals? And obviously Ryan, this may be a little bit different for you because you are younger. Um, but still, those are some pretty big PRs for your actual training age. Uh, yeah, I think it was partially due to just doing all three things more frequently. Um, so whereas in the past, it may each of those three lifts or any lift that could be PR'd were only practiced maybe once a week, if that, depending on what was going on. Um, so just increased volume and increased frequency of those lifts, I think, were the main, main thing for me. Um, and rather than uh, kind of the accessory stuff, just because taking the bench, for example, like I, like I said, I haven't done it that much or that frequently. So I think just increasing the volume that I was doing it paid, paid dividends. Whereas for you, maybe it was kind of the opposite where you've benched so much or done it for so long that the accessory parts may have done played a little bit more of a role. It's a really interesting point. I had never, this was the highest frequency that I've ever benched. So for a lot of the cycle, a lot of the programming for me was four times a week, which I was really interested to see how my shoulders were going to feel with that. Cause I've, you know, as I've increased frequency with horizontal pressing in the past and it's accessory movements, I have had, shoulder discomfort, shoulder problems. So I didn't in this cycle really up all the way up to the end, which is good. Um, so that was a cool learning. And I think just, just to, to, uh, expand upon what you talked about, it's just the idea if we get into 
you know, historically, if you're in a maybe a templated group class setting, you're hitting these things maybe once a week um, and the volume just isn't there. Um, but it's also a specificity thing. So if we look at the biggest thing that's going to lead someone to see noticeable increases in strength or performance, it's specificity. Like if you want to squat more, you have to squat. If you want to deadlift more, you have to do you have to deadlift, you have to press, you have to, you know, all these things. Um, and you have to do them fairly frequently. It can't be just basically random. Um, so I think that was a huge element of that. Um, obviously touched on the weak points. Um, you know, I think a big thing with what I saw was also fatigue management. And this is again, something where we see a huge advantage when you have individualized programming is fatigue is actually taken into consideration. Whereas, you know, in a group templated setting, it, sorry, like it's not at all, frankly, um, or it is at, on a, such a broad way that it doesn't actually apply to 80% of the people or maybe 90% of the people um, participating for various reasons, whether it's attendance or effort or training age, et cetera. Um, but when you're, you have programming that's specifically for you, it, it takes in consideration your ability to recover. Um, and so that was a really nice thing. It's just when you're starting to feel like you're running out of gas, there's there's a deload week, a lighter week, or you flip the script on some movements and it just you just feel like you're going faster and faster and faster, which is obviously fantastic. That's what you want. And so obviously you both made a transition uh, for this cycle and focused on these three major lifts, but made that transition in focusing on an individualized plan for you. Um, and so I know in the past, we've kind of talked about like when it's appropriate for someone to do individual design. Um, and so with your decision, kind of make that switch to individual design. Uh, are you happy with that change and, and kind of what you got out of this cycle and how do you see your training moving forward? I think um, it there's like a variety of uh, reasons that someone may switch uh, from like a group or templated program to more of individual design. Uh, so whether that's kind of seeing like plateaus or um, just not necessarily enjoying what is going on, you're kind of burnt out. Um, for me, I think it's just you I kind of realized that like if you want to get better in at some sort of and on some sort of timeline then that's kind of you kind of have to you can't just be doing whatever you want after a certain point um so I think that's something that I kind of enjoy and there's there's a little more freedom in a sense because you can do it when it fits your schedule or you can take a little longer take a little shorter do whatever works for you rather than whatever works for every, in theory, everyone. Right. So that's, I think that's what I like the most about kind of switching. Yeah. Um, you know, so have been doing that element, that kind of programming for a little bit longer, obviously before this cycle. And so I was already familiar with it already really, really enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter was I had put in the previous, year maybe 10 pounds on my deadlift and 10 pounds on my squat like and and effectively no pounds zero pounds on my bench um and and i you know having watched enough people in a, in a group or templated setting like that was probably the future 
Like if you, it's just not going to happen unless you're a rank beginner um, where anything works, right? You just, you can wear a backpack with bricks on it and it's going to, you know what I mean? In it, and it's going to make you fitter. Um, you, you need at some point to have a little more thoughtful of a progression than, than group class provides. And, you know, with, with things that are specific to your goals, you know, I think also too, you know, we're talking about powerlifting just because that's something we're doing, but this isn't limited to that. It's not limited to increases in performance, although that's a huge element of it. A lot of this too is controlling for training age, schedule, fatigue management, and injuries. So I'm going to, I'm actually going to turn the microphone on you <laughs> because you've had several people as of late who are really just getting involved with fitness and with having a coach, but have significant injuries where group class coaching already was pretty dubious for them in terms of like whether it was actually going to make them any fitter. Um, and you can stretch your mind and say maybe it would, but be given their injuries was like basically became like very inappropriate in terms of a prescription. So can you, we'll take a little break from, from powerlifting wrap up 2020. Uh, but I think this makes a lot of sense. We, we, we can look at certainly the performance element, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how, where this comes in when people are injured or, or have issues that, that really necessitate a more individualized touch. For sure. I think right now, especially given my current situation, right? Like I have a broken wrist, so I'm limited in what I can do. Trying to scale or modify a, a template so that I can come during a specific hour in the gym, it just does not work for me. And a lot of people that I work with on an individual design basis, like that's their current situation or they have like health things going on. And so for them, like trying to maneuver or make a class work for them, like was putting a lot of stress on them going, well, I can't come this day, so I'm not going to go. Well, I can't do this that day, so I'm not going to go. And so it was like, well, you had a lot of success. Obviously, this is what's happening right now that it's prohibiting you from coming in. I know that you want to come in. So let's optimize that. Let's make a program designed around you and your current needs and your want to continue to get better and to continue to improve. Um, and we do that by doing it on an individual basis. So taking into consideration any limitations that the doctor may have prescribed for them. Um, or again, just focusing on what they want to improve on. So for you guys, that was powerlifting. For them, it may be like just being able to lunge. And so making sure that they're getting appropriate single leg work in so that they are stronger and balanced and able to accomplish that because that's what is important to them. That's what we do. Yeah. You think of it as, as the worst possible scenario. Someone uh, signs up, so to speak, in quotes, uh, pays the money, invests their time, and is unable or reluctant to come to class, uh, group class, because of either scheduling or an injury or you know, the movement patterns that are prescribed. And if you look at that as the worst possible scenario for that person, that that money isn't being invested fruitfully, nor is their time. And the interesting thing, and, you know, something obviously we want to get across to people is that that is entirely avoidable. And first of all, that you shouldn't 
accept that. And number two, that not only is it avoidable, um, but we can avoid it and optimize your results. So it's not like not even like a real just relieve the stress, but it's like you actually get you to where you wanted to be when you walked in the first day. Whereas, you know, other options are frankly dubious with that. They have pretty mixed results. All right. Sorry. I, I took over the questioning microphone. I'll send it back to you. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I, I think it's important for people to know, like, what we are choosing to do right now in our individualized program is specific to us. Like we all have specific strength goals. We all have specific aesthetic goals. And so that's what our programming is tailored towards. But that doesn't mean that if you were to have an individualized program, that that's what it would look like for you. Like it is tailored to you. It is tailored to your goals. So if you don't have strength goals, but you have performance goals, then that's the best part about individual design is that then the program is tailored to exactly that. And accepts too uh, that your goals change. You know, I, I coach someone remotely who's, who's training right now for a marathon. And so we do some resistance training, but it's effectively at maintenance volume and that's per his goals. So it's not in, and we've evolved from, cycles where he was much more focused on strength. So it's the idea that it needs to be stagnant or somehow would be is, is erroneous. Uh, cause it, it, it's a living thing. It constantly evolves, which makes it fun both for the, the client, but also frankly for us too. Right. Right. And I think that goes back to, you know, previous podcasts that we talked about, like the changing of seasons, like you, your goals change, they evolve and you are, on a path and maybe you're on that path for a year. Maybe you're on it for two years. Maybe you're on it for six months. It, it, that's the exciting part about having program for you is that it can change as you change, as your goals change um, and can be adjusted accordingly. For sure. Let's talk about what's next. What is next? Right. So this uh, this weekend culminates the end of a uh, a block, a training block for Ryan and I. Uh, so it's time for the seasons for us to change. And we have some clients for whom this is also happening. Uh, so, Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about for you what's next in terms of goals, what you're going to be chasing in terms of programming, what kind of programming you're going to do, et cetera, where, it's, you know, all that kind of stuff. Are you going back to class or are you going to keep you're going to keep on this train uh, i think it's relatively stay kind of on this uh train but just kind of switch up the focus so i think more um aesthetic and hypertrophy based rather than strength based um try that out for a little while because i haven't necessarily like followed a program for that before so in the same sense that it would i mean look relatively similar to what we just did but just uh some different movements and rep ranges um and then i also want to uh play around with maybe starting to program a little bit for myself in terms of like an aerobic side um so play around with some of the stuff that i'm working through right now with opex um and start to put myself through some progressions that I've learned about just to play around with myself and because I, I like doing that stuff. So kind of 
take this opportunity to dive into both of those things. Um, maybe after a week or so of kind of a deload transition. So become an aerobic power builder. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really the only one out of the three of us. That uh, uh, any of the, uh, who, all of the three things. Who runs the faster mile? Who on record? What other aerobic things can you beat me at? Oh, 100 meter sprint? No. Difficult. 5K row? Difficult. No. <laughs> uh, anything else? No. Well, hey, maybe this just means we'll have some more challenges in our future. Maybe. You know it. So what about you? What's next? Where uh, are you headed? So I had a pretty significant taper week this past week. We we're just talking about my body feels pretty good. So I'm probably I'm going to just go right into hypertrophy probably tomorrow. Um, again, staying on individual design of no, literally no desire at all, really to go into a templated kind of group model. Uh, it just also doesn't work for you. Right. So it, it, it doesn't work in my schedule at all. And frankly, even if it did, it still has no real appeal to me in terms of performance or just like, I don't uh, certainly don't mind working out by myself or with a few other people. Um, so yeah, uh, going to go through a pretty long hypertrophy phase. I've been on maintenance in terms of nutrition for a while. Um, so move into with hypertrophy into a hypercaloric phase or try to put on, put on some mass um, relatively, relatively, conservative hypercaloric uh phase um and just go through that really excited to to get back to some old things and uh vary up my movements a little bit um so the for me that's always really really exciting it's really exciting just to evolve the nutrition it's really exciting to do some movements that i haven't done uh for a long time and just just new and exciting uh, so yeah, so I, I love this part. That's just where you're super jazzed for the next thing. You spend like, if you're a weirdo like me, like hours and hours and hours thinking about it um, in terms of what your program is going to look like, you know, how you're going to manage stuff, where you're going to do it, when, et cetera. So what are some new movements that you're going to incorporate in this next cycle for yourself? Uh, I don't, hmm, tough question. We have a week to think about uh, yeah, it. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's going to switch up that much for me. Um, I think first thing that comes to my mind isn't necessarily new, but just something I like doing. I like doing cyclist squats that kind of fits with, um, I mean, hypertrophy in a sense. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's only with hypertrophy, but I, that's probably the first thing that comes to my mind just because I like doing them. Yeah, but that's not necessarily new. No, but not something that you focused on yeah. with this current cycle. Uh, and so what about with aerobic? Is there something that you're excited to throw back in? Because once upon a time, you you were a rower and you, you did that yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Just to give a little perspective to that 5K row comment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm actually in, because I'm a little bit of a weirdo, I enjoy like cyclical activities like that. Um, almost more than kind of like the mixed modal, like I have to do pull-ups and then do this and then do this. Um, so I, I'm excited for that just cause I like, I kind of like that. Um, so running, biking, uh, echo bike, rowing, that sort of stuff. Um, so, I mean, those aren't really like thrilling movements, but I'm still kind of excited to pop the old top off and grind a little bit out in the sun 
So. Okay. What about you? Anything fun and exciting coming your way this next cycle? Well, I, yeah, I sort of alluded to it. I'm super excited. Uh, really getting back into the conventional gym and doing some machine variations that I haven't done for a while. So specifically things like leg press, hack squat, feet forward, uh, machine squatting, just to give, you know, it's nice to give my body a little bit of a break from just straight barbell stuff. And there's some really interesting novel stimuli you can get with that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm jazzed for that. Um, that gym just broadly is, is really, really well suited for hypertrophy. Um, so just, excited for that anyway. Um, and I really have, have moved away purposely from aerobic work, uh, to manage my fatigue throughout this last cycle. So I am also a fan of cyclical things. Um, I like grinding on, on machines and going for long runs and listening to music. So actually pretty excited to get back into that. It's one of those things you take a little time out from it and it's, it's a perfect situation because you're excited to begin that again. And that's really more my background. So I'm jazz to get back. Wonderful. Well, I know that it's been a fun weekend watching you guys uh, battle it out. Rye, maybe next time. Maybe we'll... if you just try harder. <laughs> maybe it's <we> inevitable <laughs> that you're going to destroy me in a long enough timeline. For sure. Uh, but in the meantime, if you guys are interested uh, in learning more about individual design or what we can offer you, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, if you're listening to this on our podcast, you can uh, follow us on our Instagram, which is also the Aerobic Power Builder. Uh, shoot us a message on there and we will get in contact with you with what we can offer you. That's it. Reach out if you're interested. Otherwise, have a wonderful day. We'll see you guys next time. See ya.